0: the body come on now the body is required to respond to that finished work come on now that is the posture of worship in this season that the body of Christ responds come on now for too long we've been in a season where we've made worship so personal that we neglect the care and the maintenance of worship in the body of Christ. Come on now. Jesus, the reflection and the work of Jesus is all about the restoring of the body, the body of believers. So Father, we thank you in this moment Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength. You are our redeemer in Jesus' name. The freedom of running a race is always connected to the race that was previously ran before you started. Running the race of Christ reflects the witness and faith of those who have gone before us. I want to say again, the freedom of running a race is always connected to the race that was previously ran before you started. Running the race of Christ reflects the witness and faith of those who have gone before us. Who've gone before us? When you when you when you look at this here, I want you to go to I want you to go in your Bibles right now to Hebrews chapter number twelve. Hebrews chapter number twelve. Everybody say I'm setting it aside. Come on, everybody say I'm setting it aside. Hebrews chapter number twelve is where we're going to settle for today in this third installment where we're seeking for God to renovate, to make some things new. Not just to refurbish, but we want God to make everything new. Completely restored back to new. The new place. The place of worship. It's in that place. Are you there? Let's read. Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, the Lord has been walking us through these spaces where spiritual and natural renovation has taken place in our lives and in our church. I believe that God's wisdom and instruction is saying that we should be aware of the unnecessary weight that we tend to attach ourselves to. When it's time to run a race, you've got to be as light as possible. In, in, In Hebrews 12, Paul continues to exhort the Christians that the race that they've run has already been run and ran before us. Paul makes it clear in the text that Christ has already set the example that we are to follow. You can see this in verses 1 and 2. In verse number 1, Paul begins his his exhortation by saying here, uh, by saying here, wherefore we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. These are those who have gone before us it it refers to three types of witnesses. come on now it refers to, to to the persons whose lives who have been witnessed to the faith and whose faith has been witnessed by scripture. It does not really mean that these witnesses here are the spectators but but these are the witnesses who have gone before us and who have witnessed the faith of God through Scripture. Then we can see that the other witnesses uh, refer to the persons uh, who have been a witness for the faith and also a witness of the lives of present believers. So you're surrounded by the witnesses who have gone before you. We are surrounded by those in our present day who are living out the faith and the work of Jesus Christ. And then it refers to those who seem to be the spectators, the the witnesses who who represent like a crowd in a stadium watching you run the race. Paul says, uh, wherefore, uh, uh, he says, wherefore, you are surrounded by. Wherefore, you are surrounded by. So I need you to understand that in this moment in your life that you're not alone. I really want you to look at this here as, at the, as the spiritual renovation naturally, emotionally, physically, financially takes place in your life. I want you to understand that somebody has already run the race for you. Somebody has already endured what you're facing. Somebody has already witnessed this through the scripture and their faith has caused them to do what? To be a witness in your life because they have witnessed miracles, signs and wonders. They've witnessed how God has brought them out and how he brought grandmama out. You are surrounded by a witness encompassed. We have to get to a place where we have to remember that honoring those who have gone before us is a reminder that we're never alone. Honoring those who have gone before us is a constant reflection The finished work of Christ, uh, Bishop. Why do you keep talking about this finished work of Christ? Why why do you keep referencing that? Because I really believe that, that we get so entangled into stopping at the resurrection that we never really see Christ as being the ascended one who's now seated, he's rested from a work that he's already completed, he's not working anymore. Hallelujah, he's resting in a seat that is occupied with authority, hallelujah, to be given unto you so that you and I can finish the work here in the earth. Come on now, hallelujah. When you think about it, we, we stop at the resurrection. We celebrate Easter, and it seems like we stop there. And, and the train just sits there, and we preach from his resurrection. Good teaching. Come on now. But there's a moment where we've got to really realize uh, we've got to teach and worship through what? The ascended Christ where he is. Come on now. He, he, he's not just resurrected anymore. Come on now. He has ascended. Come on, say, he has ascended. Come on, say, Christ has ascended. And he's resting, resting resting in a seat. Come on now, that's what you're doing right now. Hallelujah. You're resting in a seat. You're occupying a seat. Hallelujah. And that seat has authority to it. Come on now. That, That seat has purpose and destiny tied to it. Uh, Not only does he say uh, that there is a cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us, but then number two, he says, let us lay aside the former things and the manner of your old life. Come on now. I I want you to look to the left and right, and I want you to just look at your old life that is behind you to the right and behind you to the left. Come on, do it. it. Sometimes you got to look over and say, that used to be my, that's my former life. That, that's the manner that I used to live in. But because I'm understanding who I am in Christ, everything about me is new. Because I understand who Christ is and I understand where Christ is seated. Come on now. I, I, I'm connected to that grace. He said, lay aside the former things and the manner of your old life. Ephesians 4.22 says uh, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust and deceit. That's why he says lay aside. What is he meaning when he says lay aside? He says lay aside your former manner of the old you. Make sure that you don't ever go back and pick that cross up. Make sure you don't go back and pick that burden up. Make sure you don't go back to that monster. Hallelujah. Yeah, many of y'all know that, that, that before you got saved, there was a dangerous monster that was operating in your life. And Paul is saying that as you run this race, that as you be diligent to the things of God, make sure that you lay aside your former manners, your former character, the former you that would curse somebody out in a minute that would get ready to fight put your hair in a ponytail put some vaseline on your face and say let's get it come on now uh the the former you that would see that girl in the grocery store hallelujah and you get her number and you go to the club and you get another number and you were just everywhere the former you that would lie the the former you that was full of the pride of life the former you that the former you that would was all about you selfish the former matter come on now uh i like what romans 13 and 12 says here Uh, the night is almost gone and the day is near therefore let us lay aside come on now the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light paul is saying lay aside that which will pull you back into your former character that which is dead come on now he says lay that aside don't allow yourself you you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that has already run the race come on now you're surrounded by those who have already run the race and the example that you have before you is easy if you would just reflect it and if you would just emulate it come on now emulated. I I remember when I was growing up, I would emulate the preacher. You know, I would emulate the preacher. I would sit there and watch. There was a certain time where I used to take a nap in in church, you know, because I knew we were going to be there in church all day. And the moment that they would go up and do sweet hour prayer and they would do the altar call, I would get a quick 10 minute nap because that's how long in the Baptist church it took them to pray. And then I would set my mind to hear how the preacher would talk. And so I learned how to emulate the preacher. I, I learned how to, have y'all ever noticed that when the preacher has one of those big pulpits, they're always picking up the towel and then they put the towel down. They're always rearranging something. Or you get one of those pastor who has on readers and then they talk and then they put the glasses on and then they take them off. They put them, I, I begin to emulate all of that stuff from the way they stood, from the way that they talked. Uh, I, 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 I emulated that and I would go home and I would preach it. And my father would say, one day the Holy Ghost is going to hit your life. One day, God's going to come in this room and he's going to interrupt your life in such a way. And I would be like, oh, yeah, whatever, dad, I don't know what you're talking about. And that one day happened. I, I, I kept on playing and kept on playing. And one day, the Holy Ghost hit my life. The Spirit of God hit my life. Paul is saying that if you and I would just lay aside the former things that come to distract, that come to destroy come on now, yes. then this race that we're running will be much lighter. Come on now. He he says to lay aside here every encumbrance, the mass and weight which one must put off, being able to attain his goal unhampered, meaning to lay aside the weight that affects our inward man. Paul is, is, is not talking about the things outwardly, That affect you. He's saying, "I want you to lay aside those things that will affect your inward man, that will affect your spirit, that will cause you to be disconnected spiritually, inwardly, from God." Paul says that if we are to avoid these pitfalls, uh, then that every believer should seek only to emulate. We y'all heard it to emulate the faith and the witness of those who have preceded us by entering the appointed track and allowing nothing to hamper or distract. It's nothing worse than you getting ready to run a race and you enter the wrong race. You're supposed to be a distance runner and you enter the 200. You got a problem you're going to be done. You're not even going to make it through. You're going to die out. He's saying, make sure that as you emulate the faith of those that you are aware that you are entering the right assignment that has been assigned to your life. Don't walk in somebody else's grace. Don't live through somebody else's opinions. Come on now. Know what the will of God is for your life. This is what happens a lot of times when we don't lay aside the former, because when you don't know who you are, you go back to knowing what you used to be and what used to work. When it's not working, you have to be careful that you don't go back to what used to work. Come on now, that that, that key word, used to work come on now it it worked for that season but the season that you're in God is working something new in your life and so that the something new in your life can come to fruition you got to make sure that you lay aside every encumbrance the weight that comes to easily set you away or move you away then he says here not only do you do you do you not become Weighted down, but he says, and the sin which easily entangles us to the point that we are controlled tightly that it won't let me go. Who won't let me go? Y'all y'all remember when you had your first love? Come on now. Can can we just talk about it? Can can we just be real? You know what I'm saying? When can we just be honest y'all you know what I'm saying you 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 had your first love man and that first kiss that first date and you know the first stuff you know that you did and, and you just got you just got messed up I mean you just got messed up you you could not get away it had you wide open I'm talking about man you down there crying and and you down there playing the old love songs and you're listening to all of them sad love songs and every time you turn on the TV there's a love story and there you are crying come on now why because you become so easily entangled into a relationship that broke your heart Paul is saying here don't allow sin to become that in your life that it controls you so much it's so tight around you that it will not let you go You're trying to get away from it. He's saying, uh, don't allow the weight, the mass, come on now, to hold you down. But then don't allow the sin to entangle you to the point that we are controlled so tightly. Paul is saying here that the restriction of sin in our lives clings to us as if we have put on a garment which winds around. hinders our freedom from moving freely come on now have you ever seen somebody in an outfit and it was just so tight that they couldn't move come on now and if they moved they were afraid that it was going that it was going to bust or it was going the button was going to bust wide open or uh, Paul is saying just like that in material things he said it's like that in the spiritual nature of your life that if you allow sin to entangle you to the point that it controls you it will become like a tightened garment that winds around you that you can never unfasten you now become a slave to your former lust you're now becoming a slave to what was and God is saying what was is behind you I've already created you to be something new as you run this race as God renovates our life come on now I like this here in Hebrews three twelve and 14 he says brethren that there not be he says take care brethren that there not be any one of you of evil an unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. You you, got to be careful. Talking to my single ladies now. You got to be careful that the guy tells you because all he knows how to say is after three dates, I love you. After five dates, I really like you. After six months, man, I think you're the best thing that ever happened to me. You got to be careful of those deceitful words because he's lying. Come on now, he just met you. How are you gonna be the best thing to him come on now you 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 gotta check his record you gotta you gotta check why why are you you why why are you saying that to me? How many other girls have you said the same thing to come on now I, I ain't no dummy. Come on now. You you got to be careful. I'm talking to my men now. You got to be careful as you begin to rise and, and you begin to gain the popularity. Uh, there is that girl that's going to say, man, I've been looking for somebody like you for a long time. And and, and you got to be careful of the deceitful words of sin. Uh, I, I just wanted to compare that because sin comes to speak to you in your mind. It'll come and tell you to do something. Sin is conceived in your your mind that's why Romans says uh, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind come on now that's why Colossians says that you should set your mind on things above when your mind is set on Christ uh, it's difficult to walk and to go back into a sinful nature come on now uh when things in your life that are coming to compromise your relationship in Christ uh, it's difficult for sin For you to fall back into sin. Come on now. It's very difficult when your mind is set on pleasing the Father. Come on now. Verse number 14 says here in Romans, For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold fast the beginning of our assurance, firm unto the end. You got to look at this here. He's saying it very clear. He says, don't, get, don't allow the weight to hold you down. Don't allow the sin to entangle you. And then he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I like that Greek translation there. It says, through patience, let us run the race that is lying before us. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Hmm. Hmm. Paul is saying here that we should be steadfast with perseverance, determination in running the race of what? Of hope that God has strategically laid out for us. As God Begins to do the work. Christ begins to, to, to work on us. He begins to renovate those spaces in our life where we have become entangled, where we are carrying around the weight. Those are the spaces that He wants to renovate. Uh, he, he wants to renovate that place where you're able to run freely without the hindrance of weight pulling you back. When you look at a track star, that's why they don't wear a lot of clothing. Because the less clothing that they wear, it gives them to do what? To, to attack the resistance of the wind, to, to cut through the wind. You don't see them outside with tube socks all the way up to their legs. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's going to be too much. A swimmer is the same way. You don't see them swimming with three shirts on And some jeans. They won't make it. It's too heavy in the pool. The moment you jump in, you're just going to simply do this. Go right to the bottom of the ground. This is what Paul is saying. We've got to train ourselves so that in the times that we're in the middle of a race, we won't fall victim to the weight. We won't fall victim to what we become entangled to. We won't fall victim to to not understanding that I didn't practice, I didn't discipline myself to run this race the right way. So in the moment that I'm supposed to take off, I'm already tired. Because there are things on the inside of me that are holding me down. And then lastly here, he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. By looking or to keep thinking about or without having one's attention. Distraction. What is distracting you that you cannot fix your eyes on Jesus? He said, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is what? The author and perfecter of your faith. Come on, look at verse number two. This, that, that is the times where we endure suffering and hardship. God will use that to what? To perfect our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus allows the author, Christ, to perfect in us the faith of our unbelief. Mark 9.24 says this here. Immediately the boy's father cried out Jairus, Jairus. And said I do believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Come on now. There are moments where you and I have unbelief. We shouldn't. But there are moments where we have it. He says here. That by the perfecting of your faith, when you are confronted with hardship, difficulties and suffering, uh, go back up to verse number one. You have a cloud of witnesses that have already run the race for you. So emulate their faith. Stay strong. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Keep your head up. And then he says here, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, meaning that Christ endured and finished the work because of what the cross meant. The cross was the fulfillment of his Father's will. Him doing signs, wonders, and miracles was a part of his assignment. But the fulfillment of his his calling was to die on a cross. It was to endure hardship. He doesn't stop there, but he says here, he says, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Although Jesus never committed any of the sins he died for, he disregarded he didn't give in to the fear of death. He had no care for anything else except for fulfilling the will of his father. Come on now. The will of his father. In this season where God wants to, where renovation is taking place in our lives, we have to submit. We have to understand that Christ is working In and through your life. The inner man. The the inner man. Christ is working on your inner man. Come on now. The place where he dwells. The inner man. And this takes us back. All the way back to week one. Where we have to understand. That he resides. In ascended position. Therefore if you have been raised with Christ. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is. He's seated at the right hand of God. Come on, I want you to lift your hands here. Renovation is taking place in your life. And it's taking place from the new place in your life, not from the former. God is not restoring the former. The former is of the old. It's in the past, it's gone, it's dead. He he wants to renovate and restore. He he wants to transform. Give you a new genesis in this season from your new place in Christ. Come on now. My new place in Christ. God wants to renovate those uncovered and unhealthy spaces in our lives. Come on, son. That that have become in that we have become entangled with the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. God wants to renovate those spaces in our lives where we've given to and are no longer willing to endure the race that has been set before. He wants to renovate that space right there, where you're ready to give up, where you're ready to throw in the towel. He, he wants to renovate that space that is uncovered and unhealthy. He wants to renovate the spaces where you're ready to give up and you're ready to throw in the towel on your dream and your destiny and your purpose in him. God wants to renovate the faithless compartments that have taken up residence in our lives. Come on now, he he wants to renovate that place. Come on, as you lift your hand. As you just begin to worship God. Come on, come on. As you begin to worship from this place. I want you to hear this. Renovation is not taking place from your former. He he He's not concerned about the former. The former is gone. It's dead. It's, it's the old place. Christ is concerned about the new man that has become damaged in him. The new man that that has become disconnected in him that's the place where he wants to renovate he wants to renovate your heart your mind your inner man, he he wants to renovate the place where he dwells. He so that where he dwells, it's it's not corrupt. It's 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 not damaged to the point that your thinking is of the former present evil age. He, he wants to renovate the unhealthy and uncovered spaces in your life. Come on, look at your life and begin to take examination. What are some places that are uncovered in your life? What are some unhealthy things that are affecting your race with Christ. What are some areas in your life that have become faithless and, and you just don't believe anymore? You you have no hope. You have no joy. You you have no purpose. You, you're just living life to live life. And you're just waiting and you're just accepting whatever life throws at you. Come on now. He wants to renovate that. He wants to to make those spaces completely new again so that as you serve him, you can serve him from a new place, a new place in Christ. Father, we thank you that you're renovating. Father, we thank you that you're renovating the spaces where we have allowed unnecessary weight to be attached to us and father we're trying to run and we're trying to move but because the weight has become so heavy we're tired we're angry we're frustrated we're bitter father we're we're asking that you renovate the place where sin has entangled It has entangled itself as a garment wrapped so tightly around me that I cannot get free from it. And everywhere I go, it's attached to me. Renovate that place. Father, you said that if I am new in you, that if the Spirit of God dwells in me, then the flesh cannot be alive. And that the carnal ways of man do not please you. So, Father, I'm asking that you renovate that place in my new walk with you. I don't allow the former things to corrupt what you've made new. Come on now. Father, we thank you. The grace of God and the peace of God. I want you to put your hand on your mind. And I want you to repeat these words. Say, Lord, I set my mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, today I make a commitment to set mind on things above and not on things of this earth and of this world father this is my prayer in jesus name amen come on put your hands together today hallelujah if you want to be saved today baptized in the word through the word that's how salvation originates you've heard the word of God today I want to I want to kind of reform that you've heard the word of God today and the word of God has settled in your heart in such a way that it's leading you to give your life to Christ today if that's you I want you to raise your hand number two The word of God that was spoken today. The word of God that was released in this house today. If this word has brought you to a place where you want to reconnect and recommit your life back to Christ. I want you to raise your hand. If you're here today. And the washing of the word, the ministering of the gospel, the preaching, the sit man, how can they hear unless they've been sent to preach the word? You want to hear and you want to be a part. You want the Lord to do a work in your life, then raise your hand. If you just simply want prayer today and you want me to just stand in agreement with you on today, I want you to just raise your hand, whatever it might be, whatever you might be going through, whatever you might be experiencing in life. We're here to pray with you. We're here to believe God for you. And so, Father, we thank you now. And we bless you. And we thank you as we encourage you today, I encourage each and every one of you to take time, go back through these teachings and let them minister to you. I want to encourage you that you're not living through your former life. You're living out of the new man that God And Christ has given you when you accepted Christ into your life. The filling and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Power of God. Live from that place. Remain focused in this season. And so Father God, we ask you and we thank you that the grace of God, the power of God, and the peace of God rest with you now. In Jesus' name, if you haven't had a chance to to give your tithe and your offering, your love seed, I want you to do that on today. We love you, we appreciate you. Make sure that you remain committed to your tithe. It is your covenant that you make between God and you. It's a kingdom covenant, it's a kingdom principle. The offering, that which opens up the windows of heaven, pours you out the blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it That's cre- that creates the overflow your seed is what creates your harvest hallelujah what you invest into it yields a return in your life I love you I appreciate you have a great day be safe keep our children in prayer let's pray for the country of Ukraine. I never forget on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, Bishop McKinney was ministering, and he began to talk about other countries attacking and starting war. And one of the men of the church, Brother Ralph, stood up and he said, we forgot about Russia. And they laughed at him. And he said, no, Bishop, we got to keep our eyes on Russia. This had to be over 20 some years ago. We're looking up today. And if we don't keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, our generations will wake up in another war. Our president has already said that if they start this battle, It's going to be worse than World War II. That means that if we go into a war, we got to pray for our young men that they don't make them enlist. Even though I don't believe they have a draft here anymore. But America should be tired of wars. All of the young men and The young ladies that we've lost in the previous wars, we've got to pray, church. Not be afraid, but pray, church. Russia is serious. (laughs) It's serious. In Jesus' name, have a great day today. Peace to the family. Peace to the bishop. Peace to us all. In Jesus' name. Amen, we pray. Amen.